Shalom and uh, welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Rabbi David Friedman from Chavarat Archenoam in Jerusalem, Israel. And this week we're discussing Parashat Tazria Matzora. Our text begins in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1, and goes through chapter 15, verse 33. As we're all in a situation of being shut in or locked down for an unknown amount of time, I can't really help but think that some of our ancestors who experienced a type of shut-in experience of their own is uh, shown by today's parasha, and we can learn from their example. It's not necessarily a pleasant example. But in ancient Israel, there was an infectious skin disease known from at least the times of Moshe to the late Second Temple period. Like the current coronavirus, it affected men and women alike, the rich and the poor, in both urban and rural areas. The Torah gives explicit steps to take when the disease attacks somebody. This disease is often translated as leprosy in our text, but it wasn't Hansen's disease or leprosy as we know it today. Instead, it was an infectious, uncomfortable condition that rendered its victims ritually unclean, and possibly confirmed a spiritual impurity as well. All the victims were cut off from their families and their communities. They were expelled from their homes and brought to an isolated area where the local Kohens or priests could serve as both doctor and spiritual guide as the victim processed his or her way through this terrible disease. Leviticus chapter 13 verses 45 and 46 explain the implications of the skin afflictions. There it's written, Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone, and they must live outside the camp. And again, we read in Numbers chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, from a different parasha, God said to Moshe, Command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind or who was ceremonially unclean because of a dead body. Send away male and female alike. Send them outside the camp so they will not defile the camp where I dwell among them. So the afflicted person had to be expelled from his community. The only one whom the diseased person would see during this time in isolation was the Kohen or priest who would assess the situation and then decide whether the isolation would continue or would end, whether there was healing taking place or continued illness. So in our portion, Leviticus chapters 14 verses 1 through 15 details the protocol for this examination. Now how much social distancing, as we put it today, individual victims practice with other victims is unknown but it seems minimal in terms of finding, gathering, and delivering in food. In fact, we even read of four victims who begged at the city gate of Samaria, all of them this terrible ski, uh, had, were victims of this terrible skin disease, and they banded together to gather their necessities, which could have included even booty, in Second Kings chapter 7. But what would the shut-in victims normally do during their time in isolation? They didn't have entertainment, they couldn't work, Books did not exist. They had no social life. They were a social disgrace of sorts and outcasts from their own families and communities. One of the reasons that our classic commentators cite 
for being struck with this terrible disease is slander. And Miriam is the prominent example. Reading from Numbers chapter 12, verse 10, When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous, or in other words, it was struck with this terrible skin disease. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned around toward her and saw she had a defiling skin disease. Again, that's Numbers chapter 12, verse 10. A famous 14th century Jewish book is called the Sefer HaChinuch, meaning the book of instruction. And here's what it tells to us concerning the skin disease. Therefore, we've been admonished to pay attention to this bad disease and to think that it's caused by breaking the Torah. As the sages have told us, for the most part, the disease comes from the sin of uttering evil reports and doesn't come to us by chance. One must come to the Kohen, the priest, who is in charge of atoning of sinners, and in the presence of the one who makes atonement, that means the priest, perhaps he will consider repentance. And when put under quarantine for several days, perhaps the victim will turn to examining his actions. My former teacher, Professor Rafael Yaspi from the University of Minnesota, wrote this. This skin disease teaches us a moral lesson. A person is responsible for his actions, and his actions have consequences. Divine providence warns us gradually, before the damage becomes irreversible. First by afflicting one's clothing, and only later, if the warning is ignored, by a worse affliction against the body. The historical Jewish perspective is that the stricken persons would have time to turn to God in their isolation, to repent from their wrongdoings, especially the breaking of Torah through slander. Like the stricken ancient Israeli, we can and should also use this time of social distancing to renew our relationship with God, to receive healing and forgiveness if needed. In this manner, we can leave our homes with God's help in the near future, refreshed and ready to go for what he has for us next. Because right now, if you're like us here in Israel, you're under home quarantine. Friends, I cannot make a direct parallel and say that we're experiencing the coronavirus plague today because of slander. But there is so much slander going on in our world, in my own country, in the realm of politics, religious life, and even tragically in the body of believers. Our world has been sinking in anti-Torah behavior, with the murder of innocent people through abortions numbering about 45 million babies a year. Anti-Semitism is growing and is too often encouraged by the confessing Christian church, as well as by the Muslim world. Economic oppression caused by greed and disrespect for the aged are everywhere. Humankind's sexuality is twisted, far from the model given to us in the Torah. Drugs and human trafficking are international plagues. Jihad occurs today, which incorporates murder. In Nigeria, this has been happening under the world's nose with very little complaint. Our world is an absolute mess. So I can say that we live in a polluted world, polluted by anti-Torah behavior, polluted by abortion, polluted by anti-Semitism, polluted by greed, polluted by disrespect toward those whom we should respect greatly. We have so much slander that it's a major item in the media every single day. Elections worldwide are entertainment in slander and mudslinging. 
This being the undeniable situation, those of us who are in isolation today and who love God have a valuable role in today's world. We can turn to God from our own wrongdoings, especially slander. We can take a stand against the other ills, both praying and supporting those who are working to offer more Torah-friendly alternatives, such as pro-life options in the face of abortion. While we're in seclusion, like the skin disease victim, we need to meet with our priest. Our priest Yeshua, our high priest, is from the order of Melchizedek, the high priest of the heavenly priesthood. Let him speak to us and direct our futures. Confess to him, our high priest, our own wrongdoing of slander and spreading rumors and anything else from which we need to turn away. We need to be the leaders in doing this. If we don't do this, who else is going to do it? If the Kohen, the priest, comes back to examine us and continues to see the corruption, we may remain in isolation. The wonderful news is that our high, our high priest, Yeshua, is quick to forgive and to forget our wrongdoings if we turn from them. I encourage you to use this time in quarantine, in isolation, to show your corrupted skin to the high priest. It's not the most pleasant thing in the world to do, but neither was it pleasant for the skin disease victim of ancient times that we read about today to do so. But it was part of the healing process. It's the righteous thing to do. It is mandated by our teachings, such as if we admit our wrongdoings to him, he's faithful and just to forgive our wrongdoings and to cleanse us from all acts of unrighteousness. That's from 1 John 1, 9. Only then can we intercede on behalf of our communities, our families, and our nations. We are here to do that. While we're shut in, as the Jewish sage Hillel wrote, if not now, when? As Shaul penned, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Now is the time of God's favor towards us. He will listen to us during this time of shut-in and lockdown. We can talk to him. Messiah instructs us, But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. By the way, if you like to study the halakha, meaning the divine protocols, regarding the how to do what's written in today's parasha portion, there's a great book for visual learning. It's called The Laws of Tahara. That's T-A-H-A-R-A-H, The Laws of Tahara, by Rabbi Menachem Open. O-P-P-E-N is how he spells his surname. And that book can guide you through the steps that our parasha takes with a more uh, Peshat or literal meaning to today's text that I'm giving you right now. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate each and every one of you doing so. So this is Rabbi David Friedman signing off and wishing you Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit the umjc.org commentaries and you can find that at umjc.org slash commentaries. Thank you and Shabbat Shalom.